Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 10 out of 10 podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm very excited for the lineup we have this episode. Without further ado, let's dive right into the first album. Hi, I'm Danny Seco, and an album that I believe to be a 10 out of 10 is a hip-hop album titled Under Pressure by Logic. Now, I know some of you just rolled your eyes at the mention of Logic, as he has today garnered a reputation of a corny and more dull rapper, and I totally agree, his music is hit or miss now. But you have to keep in mind that this was his first studio album all the way back in 2014, where you can tell he was a young and hungry artist who needed a classic to propel his career, and he delivered. If you don't know who Logic is, he's a rapper from Gaithersburg, Maryland. He's the kind of dude you're happy to see succeed, as he grew up in a poor neighborhood and was surrounded by drugs, alcohol, abuse, and gang violence. He references this a lot, which I think is what makes his music so real to me. As for the album itself, there isn't a single bad song on it. The beats have a more laid-back R&B and jazz feel to them, so this is an album to lay down in bed and appreciate, not get pumped up to at the gym. The best song is the title track, Under Pressure, which manages to keep you mesmerized for more than nine minutes, which is a very difficult task in music, especially hip-hop. The first half of the song is Logic rapping about his come-up and childhood troubles. The beat then switches, and Logic's true brilliance shines through in the second half. He raps from the perspective of his sister and father, framing their reactions to his growing popularity and him becoming more distant from them in their lives. I like to think that this depth is why rappers like him are referred to as artists. He even throws some real voicemails in at the end to give it an honest feel. And I don't throw this term around lightly, but this track is a masterpiece. There's no other way to put it. Another can't miss song is Soul Food, which still has the beat sampled by thousands to this day. Uh, you know, SoundCloud rappers, people looking for beats to freestyle over, stuff like that. The beat's tremendous and created by Six, who's his in-house producer that has spent his entire career with Logic. Soul Food is an extremely well-polished song where Logic raps about similar topics and features another beat switch halfway through, a feature Logic has made his staple. Other songs, such as the lead-off track intro, incorporate more vocal elements, while songs like Gang Related are more hardcore rap in nature. And the final song I want to single out is called Nikki, where Logic raps about his nicotine addiction as if it's an ex-girlfriend, which, you know, seems like a kind of silly, fun thing on the surface, but it turns into more of a deep metaphor of a song. What makes me love this album so much is that it embodies everything I love in hip-hop. It has chill beats and memorable bars, the songs have depth and emotional connections to the man who put them together. I've listened to these songs hundreds of times, but I'm still able to pick up new lyrics each time. Some of hip-hop today has transitioned into mumbling, repetitive beats, and lame marketing, so it's nice going back to 2014 and listening to an album of a driven, young, and talented artist like Logic. Official critics have consistently rated Under Pressure from 80 to 90 out of 100, they talk about the influences of older hip-hop artists and how their work manifests itself into Logics. A commonly drawn comparison is to another legendary album, this one by Kendrick Lamar, titled Good Kid, Mad City. That's all I got for my 10 out of 10 album, which was Under Pressure by Logic. Go give it a listen for yourself. I promise you won't regret it. Hello, everyone. My name is Nate Spratford, and I'm a sophomore here at LT. When Ryan approached me with the idea of talking about 10 out of 10 albums on a podcast, a few albums came to mind that I considered perfect. I thought about things like The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars by David Bowie, The Low End Theory by A Tribe Called Quest, The Black Saint and the Sinner Lady by Charles Mingus, and To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. 
But one album really stands out from all the rest as being perfect, as being inspiring to me, and as being a beautiful piece of music. And that is the album I'm going to talk to you guys about today. That is A Love Supreme by John Coltrane. In 1965, John Coltrane was at a crossroad in his career. He had already destroyed musical boundaries with albums like Giant Steps and My Favorite Things. He had already collaborated and played with the greatest jazz musicians in the world like Freddie Hubbard, Thelonious Monk, and Miles Davis, and he had already done everything in between. He didn't know where to go next, so he turned to his spirituality and his faith. Uh, it was reported from his wife Alice that he would lock himself in his room for days and days on end, and all she would hear from him was playing and writing and furious yelling. And then one day it stopped, and he came downstairs, and he told her that he had figured out what he wanted to do. John Coltrane assembled his classic quartet, comprised of Jimmy Garrison on bass, Elvin Jones on drums, and McCoy Tyner on piano. And in one take, in one session in December, they recorded A Love Supreme. And I truly believe that this album is the pinnacle of a 10 out of 10 perfect album. From the very opening seconds of the album, you can tell that John Coltrane is a man on a mission and that his compatriots in the quartet are going to follow him and search for whatever he's searching for. Uh, with Elvin Jones' gong hit and John Coltrane's furious runs up and down a pentatonic scale, it sounds like he's searching for something, and it's such an amazing start to such an amazing album. One of my favorite moments is John Coltrane's solos on part two, uh, Resolution. Uh, what he does with this part of A Love Supreme is he takes the melody of a Thelonious Monk tune called Bemsha Swing as a little bit of a nod to his old mentor, and then he flips it on its head, and he turns it into his own thing. His solo on this um, section of the album is even more furious and intense and searching than he was on the intro of this album, Acknowledgement. Um, but it's not too far gone. It doesn't sound absurd, and it doesn't sound like he's just playing random notes. He's very grounded in other musical traditions such as hard bop jazz blues and even gospel music you can hear musical influences seeping out of him as much as you can hear the creativity and desire and ridiculousness that he is also playing and it's really a nice combination of musical styles that really culminates in this one solo which i think is the best point of the album of course the other band members are not to be overlooked. This really is an album by the John Coltrane Quartet. Whether it's the moody, brooding bass solos of Jimmy Garrison, the aggressive timekeeping of Elvin Jones, or the um, crunchy chords and the long-flowing, beautiful piano runs of McCoy Tyner, every member of this band works together to create a cohesive and beautiful piece of music. This all culminates in the final section of the album called Psalm where John Coltrane quite literally sings a prayer through his instrument dedicated to God and everyone who has helped him achieve where he is today. When I mean he sings a prayer through his instrument, I do mean it literally. He had written words for this prayer, and now he is adding notes to them and playing them. And you can hear that in his music. You can hear how grateful and dedicated he is. And after all of the passion and musical influences that have come through the last three tracks and the searching, angry, intense saxophone solos, he's now settled down into a pensive state where he's looking for something that's reaching for something that he knows is there and he can find, and it really feels like that he 
has settled in and become content with his place musically. This is a beautiful album. Uh, as a saxophone player myself, this inspires me every day because I can only begin to understand what John Coltrane was going through, but I really do understand the idea of wanting more as a musician and the work he went through and the final product he put out inspires me every day. This is just a beautiful album. Um, I'm going to end this off with a quote from Pitchfork's review of A Love Supreme. They gave this album a 10 out of 10, which is a very high honor. Uh, here's what they had to say. John Coltrane occupies a unique position in jazz history. He didn't have the mystery of Thelonious Monk, the tragic genius of Charlie Parker, the cool comfort with celebrity of Miles Davis, the comfort with the mainstream of Louis Armstrong, or the symbolic stature of Duke Ellington. John Coltrane put everything into his music. I think that's very true, and a very beautiful statement from Pitchfork, and I would have to agree with them. John Coltrane truly poured his heart and his soul into music, and I really recommend that you guys check out this album, A Love Supreme by John Coltrane. Thank you for your time. Hello, I'm Colin. I'm a sophomore LT, and I'm here to talk to you about my 10 out of 10 albums. There are three albums I've heard that I can confidently say are perfect 10 out of 10 albums. These are Congratulations by MGMT, This Is Happening by LCD Sound System, and OK Computer by Radiohead. With OK Computer, I'm sure so many of you guys have heard about this. This album is considered to be easily one of the greatest albums ever made by music critics worldwide. It has received tens on countless reviews. It's widely agreed that this is one of the greatest rock albums ever created. However, let me just say that any sort of praise this album has received, it deserves more. This album is a genre-defying, mind-bending experience. The story goes, is in 1997, Tom York and his band Radiohead had been touring after the release of their sophomore album, The Bends, in 1995. They were burnt out and exhausted from the tour and Tom wanted to write music that expressed his frustration. He and his band members rented out a 16th century haunted mansion and began recording for six weeks. Within those six weeks, weeks, they recorded 12 songs, and they continued with each song in every recording. They continued to push the boundaries of rock and roll. Some of my favorite songs on this album are Paranoid Android, Airbag, Exit Music for a Film, and Lucky. Even though I do enjoy all of those songs, I could name at least four more that I love just as much, because every single song on this album I do absolutely love. There's not a single moment, even in the strange interlude, Fitter Happier, where it's just a spoken word, I truly believe that every single second of this album is perfect. Secondly, in This Is Happening by LCD Sound System, this album was made in 2010, and while it was made by the band of LCD Sound System, it was really only made by the frontman, James Murphy. At the time, James Murphy was in his mid-40s and had been in the music industry for over 20 years. He had been in three, brand three bands prior to LCD Sound System and was extremely talented and experienced with sound design. However, Every single one of his albums he'd made before had a few inconsistencies in them. In This Is Happening, I believe that James Murphy truly found himself creatively and had the confidence to pull off magnificent singing on every one of the songs. 
for example, on Dance Yourself Clean, he goes so far out of his range, and it should sound horrible, but it's amazing. On the second to last track, Somebody's Calling Me, he goes from full-on screaming to practically whispering. And when his vocals aren't enough, sometimes he brings in his other band members to add a little bit more emphasis as well, such as songs on One Touch and Pow Pow. In This Is Happening, the whole album tries unique ideas throughout. It's never stagnant. And despite the wide variety of different sounds in there, with some songs sounding directly out of a David Bowie album and others being almost entirely out of electronically produced sounds, it manages to remain cohesive and is thought-provoking throughout. I've listened to a few songs from this album for close to three years, and every time I hear them, they continue to blow me away. I believe this album is probably my favorite I've ever heard in terms of consistency, but this next album, for the past couple months at least, has been my favorite. Congratulations doesn't have a particularly uh, sophisticated story. Basically, MGMT had just made Oracular Spectacular, their debut album, and they were forced to add a lot of songs that they didn't want to on. They were controlled by their record label, and they did not have the creative freedom they wanted. I'm sure everybody has heard Kids or Time to Pretend or Electric Feel, but believe it or not, MGMT actually did not want to play those songs, as they had been playing them for five years. On Congratulations, they got full creative freedom, and you can really hear that in the music. This is an album made by a band in their absolute prime, and you can hear it as well. They're extremely skilled at songwriting, lyric writing, playing their instruments, and they play it with such joy and enthusiasm that it's infectious. This album, for me, has been my favorite for a while now, and every single one of those, I believe, is absolutely flawless throughout. Thank you. All right. I still have some 10 out of 10 albums that I did not cover last episode, but since the last episode, I have kind of adjusted my list so I'm a lot more strict now with my 10 out of 10s so some of the 10 out of 10s I discussed last time may not be a 10 out of 10 now but they're still just as good but like I've just I've decided to become more strict with myself on what I consider to be a perfect album okay uh, with that being said the first album I'm gonna or today I'm gonna talk about two albums uh, album number one is Electric Ladyland by Jimi Hendrix uh Regarded by Pitchfork as the 13th best album of the 1960s, uh, it, in my personal opinion, it's Jimi Hendrix at his very best. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm a freak for long songs. I love long songs. So the song Voodoo Child, which I believe is around 15 minutes. Oh my gosh. It, it's, it is a musical journey, uh, and of course, Jimi Hendrix's guitar, like his guitar skills is seen throughout, uh, and it really never disappoints. Um, and the second one, this one's going to be a bit, uh, I wouldn't say controversial, but I, I, I like, not a lot of people would agree with this one, uh, and this album is The Powers That Be by Death Grips. Um, Death Grips, if you haven't heard of them, is an uh, experimental rap group out of sacramento california i believe uh comprised of vocalist uh rapper songwriter mc ride uh drummer producer zach hill and producer andy morin uh they're known for or they're most known for uh receiving a 10 out of 10 from the highly popular anthony fantano 
their album The Money Store, which was released in 2012. Anthony Fantano had given a 10. Uh, and of the 2,000 or more albums that he's reviewed, he only gave that album and four other albums a 10 out of 10. So obviously they mean business. Uh, the Powers That Be is definitely their strangest album. Uh, it was received um, weirdly. Uh, like like I said, they're an experimental group, but this was very, very different. Uh, it is a double album uh, comprised of, I'm not quite sure how many songs, but it's uh, just over 80 minutes long, so it's a, it's a journey. Uh, it just is like this loud, banging, industrial, hip-hop, rock, metal, R&B, there's so much going on. It's uh, it's like if Nine Inch Nails was given a sampler, uh, like that's basically how I can sum up this whole album. In my personal opinion, I believe it's their best album. Uh, it definitely, just like the rest of their music, it definitely takes a while for you to grow on you. The first time I listened to it, I'm not sure, two, three years ago, uh, I despised it. But it's grown on me a ton since then, uh, and I recently place it as a perfect album uh, and as their best um so again the albums are electric ladyland by Jimi hendrix and the powers that be by death grips thanks so much for listening to this episode everyone and i hope you enjoyed it see you soon